Walk around me, Jesus. Walk around. Amen. Walk around us, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. This is Holy Week. The beginning of it right here today. Amen. Hallelujah. You got you were given your uh, palms and uh, that, and some people don't even realize all that they represent. I've done teaching. I've preached on it many years, uh, many, many years. But uh, those palms are important when you and I are in worship. You worship with those because you're prophetically declaring over your life victory and success. Amen. That's why they're just not a keepsake or something to say, oh, look what the church did today. They're meant for you in worship. You know, I'm so tired of cute Christians, you know, cute ain't going to get you to heaven. Cute ain't going to get you nothing. And so we got to realize it's for you to decree and declare it was prophetic when they used them on that triumphal day of entry. Amen. We're declaring and it's prophetically for you to declare victory and success. Amen. Does anybody need some victory or anybody need some success in life? Come on. Amen. That's the difference between uh, what is different about today. See, we sing uh, hallelujah, or we'll say hallelujah, we'll shout it. That's a praise for what God has done. But what Hosanna is, is it's, it's totally different because it's a praise for what he will do. It's a prophetic praise. See, some of you need to start. We've been, for how many weeks did we try to preach on praise, amen, and how our permeating praise, and we didn't get to cover every ounce of what I wanted to, but we got the, the nutshell until Sister Teresa reminded me. She said, I, I missed some of them, like what each one produced because we got so caught up in the glory of God and the presence of God, I, my delivery wasn't as effective and eloquent as I would have liked to have been but we found out that our praise will produce breakthrough help me somebody our praise will produce for us weapons of mass destruction amen our praise will produce uh, the anointing amen our praise will produce for us a wall of protection and lastly our praise will produce for us overflow come on so isn't it just like God to set it up that we would come back after that series and he says, now today I want you to give me a praise of Hosanna, a praise for what I will do, not a praise for what you've seen me do. Come on, somebody better hear what I'm saying today. Not a praise for what I have done, but a praise for what's coming tomorrow, a praise for what's coming next week or this year, hallelujah, a praise for breakthrough, what's coming in advance for you. Hosanna, come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's on its way. Amen. Don't let the devil take your Hosanna, your praise of Hosanna. Amen. It, it, we can get drowned in, in all the things that are going on in our world and discouragement and despair. Somebody was talking to me late in the hour last night. And they said, I, I think I need to go to a doctor. They said, I, I'm, I'm, starting to, I'm struggling to keep my head above water. I said, you do not need a doctor. I said, what you're dealing with right now, all you need is Jesus Christ, amen. Oh, well, you know, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, every excuse in the book. I said, I'm here to tell you what you are struggling with is you just need Jesus right now. 
You need Jesus. He'll break every chain. We were singing it earlier. Amen. And so what I started to do is just pray Hosanna. Just a praise in advance for breakthrough for them. Amen. Not, not just about what he's done, but what he's about to do on those in their life. Hallelujah. Some of you that were here on Wednesday night, we, we, you heard me say that we're going to pray over our top 10 most wanted. And if you missed it, then you're, gonna, you're not going to understand fully. But, but we talked about our, our top 10 most wanted of those that we want to see saved and miracles and delivered, right? And so we need to just start putting a Hosanna on them. Saved now. Because what Hosanna means, it, we would really start breaking it down. It means save now, deliver now. Heal now, right? Everything that salvation includes, it's, it means now. And so we just need to start believing and declaring and decreeing that over every area that we have not seen yet manifest in our life. Save now, heal, and now, deliver now in the name of Jesus, declaring we have victory, amen, over our future issues and problems. Glory to God. Amen. Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. Glory. If I'm not careful, I'll start preaching something else. Victory in excess. Amen. Victory is mine. Come on, say that, somebody. Victory is mine. Don't, don't you dare get quiet on me now. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Say it until you believe it. Victory is mine. 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 See, you got to put the devil on the run. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Hallelujah. It's ours. Victory is our cities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victory is for our city. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah, you and I, we started praying Wednesday night over our city. And Friday, the call started coming. Amen. Thank God for our commissioner saying, I'm going to be a part. Thank you. The one and only Vince Vesides. <laughs> Glory to God. I told him, I said, but our church will remember that come election time. Yes, we will. Because he's standing with our city. Everywhere, there's radio silence through most everyone else, except for our chief, our, 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 also our lieutenant downtown. We thank uh, Lieutenant Kalensik also for reaching out. The only two elected officials that reached out from that letter so far. Glory to God. I'm grateful. means we, we are starting to see breakthrough. We're going to see it. They, they want to link arms and say together we're going to make a difference against what's happening in our city. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're just going to keep saying Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna over Uniontown. Hosanna over Fayette County. Hosanna over our schools. Hosanna over our, our families in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Yes, that was all in connection to that press release we put out about our shootings and stabbings these last few days. Glory to God. God's about to show up and show off. Through the city of refuge. I, I, that's burning in my heart, sister. Hallelujah. The city of refuge. Mm, glory to God. The city of refuge. Can you just imagine? What if this whole East End just became the city of refuge? Amen. Where God would begin to just, oh, Lord, change the reputation and, and the habits of this area, this community. My God. The city of refuge. Come on. We started praying about that on Wednesday night. He, the, he, in order for this area to be called the city of refuge, we need more property. 
I'm serious. The city of refuge, meaning uh, that we're going to be such a refuge that every gang member, drug addict, uh, strung out on whatever, every prostitute that hooks herself across the corner there, they're going to have a place to come. And that'll be the city of refuge right here. Hallelujah. And everything that we're working on behind us. Are you hearing me? Does anybody else share that kind of heart? Amen. Hallelujah. She might be hooking right now, but by the end of service, she can find herself wandering in the front doors of that church, stumbling to an altar, finding Jesus. Amen. That's the God that I serve. Yeah. Yes, I said hooking. Yes, I did. Y'all aren't so dignified. It won't offend God. So don't let it offend you. You know. This is the life and the world we live in. Glory to God. I command a release. I'm going to preach that today. He is commanding a release to you. This is more than just a cute little Bible story that we've deduced it to. About the triumphal entry of Jesus. Oh, my God. Every Easter play I've ever seen done minimizes this moment in time in history. They'll ride Jesus in on a cute little cardboard donkey. And if it's real elaborate, it'll be some real thing. Totally missing the message behind the purpose and what it was saying to you and I that you and I can cling to. There is a word today for somebody. What Jesus was doing in that moment was commanding a release for you. And I'm going to show you in the word. So if you have your Bibles, get ready. Let's go. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody might get free while I'm preaching. You don't have to wait till the altar, please. Just don't, don't, let's not be religious and, and wait. If the Spirit of God starts moving on you while the Word is coming forth, just, just surrender to it. Let it happen. Let yourself get free. Amen. In fact, look at somebody and say, neighbor, let yourself go free. Yes. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 19. Let's look at verse 28. Hallelujah, let yourself go free. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 19, verse 28. We'll read 28, about 10 verses or so. Oh, thank you, Lord. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethage, and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet that he went, he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Mm-hmm. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? This you shall say to him. Because the Lord has need of it. My God, because the Lord has need of it. He's saying to you, because the Lord has need of you. 
Verse 32, so those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. Oh, God. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? In other words, what are you doing stealing my colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. Look at that. Once they answered and said, the Lord has need of him. Your translation might say the master has need of him. There was no argument. Oh, see, some of you need to understand when you have a word from the Lord, there'll be no argument. Hallelujah. The Lord has need of them. Then they, then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they sat Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the ground. Then as he, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the reading of your word. Father, would you help us now as we go into your word today? Father, I thank you that you just release every piece of restriction, God, anything that would try to bring a hindrance and, and, and try to strangulate, God, your word and the anointing today from being released over it and accomplishing what you desire. Have your way in this place. Release your, release your mighty anointing over this place. Anoint our ears to receive today, to truly hear your word today. And God, I thank you that every shackle that would seem to have us bound today would be destroyed and broken in the name of Jesus. And we give you the glory and we give you the honor and we just worship you today shouting hosanna in jesus your mighty name amen amen hallelujah there's a lot that we could focus in on today in our time together but i want you to, to understand something about that, that's going on that's uh, quickly mentioned if we would have read a little bit before and focus in on certain aspects of the uh, of the text we would quickly find out that there is this we're we're reading the text it's just really a snapshot and a time where where tensions are uh, really things have really intensified it's the beginning of holy week all right we we were we we celebrate it but in reality christ is coming right here in this moment he is coming uh, with a great deal of anxiety in his heart and even in his spirit we can shout and we can celebrate it about what this day really represents, but this, this day right here, this beginning of Holy Week that we recognize through the word and that we are reading about today, while we may celebrate it and we may shout Hosanna, and while the people that we read about were throwing their clothes and their palm branches on the ground, amen, the Bible really helps us to see that, that Jesus was really in a place of a great deal of anxiety, in his mind and in his heart. We, we know this because just before his entry, when he's praying, he's crying out to God, being real with God, saying, Lord, Lord, help. You know, 
It, it, it even lets us know even through scripture, through the text before and even after it, when he's crying out and it said that there are even sweats like drop and drops of blood. Amen. That, that he was in, in agony. There was a great deal of anxiety among him. Hallelujah. And so he, he wasn't quite as rejoicing as much as the people were. Amen. Even in the garden. Remember, he says, Lord, pass this bitter cup from me. It was a moment of real humanity with Christ. In other words, as much as he was God, he was human. There are some human aspects to who he was, and I love that about the God that we serve, that he knows what it is to feel and have the emotion like often we do. Amen, that he's not a God that doesn't understand what we're enduring and facing. Thank you, Jesus, for understanding who we are and where we come from. Hallelujah. He even says, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Then the Bible says something interesting. Then he sets his face or he turns his focus toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem, known as the city of peace, but this is the beginning of it being anything but a place of peace. Hallelujah. There was all kinds of division and things happening. Amen. It was about to be a real city of turmoil. Lots of division and things taking place. The city was divided uh, 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 under Roman control and the, the Roman Empire had ceased, uh, it, uh, had caused it to cease being just a city of peace. But there was underlying turmoil happening. But in the midst of that underlying turmoil, here's where you need to recognize something. In the midst of all of that underlying turmoil, there was something, something bubbling under the surface. And the Bible helps us in our text to understand that in the midst of all of the turmoil that was going on, another king is rising up. That's what this day is all about. It was Jesus really making a, a, a public declaration of war. Up to this point, he was only really revealed the truth of who he was to in private. But this is a moment where in public he's saying he's riding in for all to see and the crowd shouting Hosanna. He's making a public declaration of war and that will mean something. So just, just hang on, all right? A public declaration of war. Being announced as the king of the Jews and all the crowds are gathering around Jesus. But isn't it interesting that while all the crowds were gathering around Jesus and shouting Hosanna, there is also others that are gathering together and another crowd across town rising up. And because every time God is getting ready to raise somebody up, there will always be a group that wants to rise up to take you out. That's often how it works. Are you hearing me? Anytime you and I are getting raised up to do something, you will, there will always be the enemy rising up some small group of naysayers and, and, and enemies that want to try to take you out. Hallelujah. But God. But God. And so there was trouble happening, underlying through even just what we're reading in the text today. There was circumstances that were happening that, that we didn't focus our time in on reading. And, 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 and yet there was also some trouble that was brewing in the midst of the camp of Jesus. We can't forget that, that one of his own, the Bible says that, 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 that Judas, that his heart turned. Anybody ever have someone's heart turn against you? You know, just like they changed. They were friend one day and gone the next. 
They were fine with you one moment, and then something shifted. The Bible says that, that, that Judas, his heart turned. Because you and I never know when people are going to turn. We'll just never know. From the simplest of things to the greatest of things that, that we often lack forgiveness. Hallelujah. For one another. And the Bible says that the heart of Judas began to turn. In other words, it lets us know there was trouble for Jesus all around. It wasn't just, in, just happening among the Romans, but Jesus even knew and recognized it among his own people. In some of his closest friends and advisors, those that were closest to him, and yet he knew that these things were going to come to pass. But even though you know that it's going to come, it, it, it never quite sits well with you, even once it happens. Amen? Sometimes we'll know that something's off with someone, but then it never sits well, even when you finally find out what happened or what was wrong with him. It just never sits well. And so the Bible says that the heart of Judas turned against Jesus. Hallelujah. Turned away from him. Glory to God. Are you still with me? We'll get to the good stuff. Hang on there. We got to lay a foundation. Praise God. But the text that we read is important because Jesus, as we begin reading the text, Jesus tells his two of his disciples to go to the nearest city and there they're going to find a colt tied up. Say tied up. There, thank you. See, you're still awake. Tied up. Glory to God. See, I enjoy things and pieces of the text that we can point out because what is, what is unique and awesome about this text that we just could read and skim over when we read that Jesus tells these disciples, I want you to go to the village next to us and I want you to find, a, a, you're going to find a coat and you're going to find it tied up and you're going to untie it and you're going to bring it to me. What's interesting is that we often read things like that and we overlook how powerful some of these uh, moments are and how it may seem something like nonchalant and unimportant, but it's very important. When Jesus tells the two disciples, he says, go to the nearest city next to us and you're going to find this coat. You're going to find them tied up. What I love about this is with all the pressures with all the, the, uh, the, the, the people that are rising against Jesus in this moment, uh, with even having you know, his own, some of his own starting to betray him and turn against him, with, with all the turmoil and all the pressure and with all the weight and all the betrayal that Jesus is facing, isn't it interesting that the gifts in Jesus are still operating? Hello. Meaning he's got people turning against him. How many of you know that sometimes when things start happening in your life, we struggle to maintain? Am I the only one that ever has that issue where you can start having issues in your life or you can have some folks rise against you or talk about you, say things about you, or it could be just a, a flurry of bad news and it starts affecting you. But I love this part of the text because it lets me know that even in the midst of all the betrayal and the hurt and the agony and the, and the unrest that's going on around Jesus, there's a gift in him that's still operating. He is still able to, to talk about, he's still able to be prophetic. He, he's telling them what is something in the future that's going to come. I love that. I love it so much. He says, I need you to go to the city next to us. You're just going to find this random coat. It's going to be tied up. I need you to untie it, and I want you to bring it to 
me. It's exciting to me. Don't overlook those, what, what sometimes we see as insignificant things in the word. This is really exciting for you and me because in other words, if God knows where the cold is, then it also must mean that God knows where you are. I mean, think about that. Have you ever felt like, God, I don't know where you are? When you and I are praying and we're not seeing any advancement or breakthrough or we're not hearing anything, we're not seeing God answer, it doesn't, we're, not, we're not hearing his voice, maybe we're not even sensing his presence, but it lets me know right here is some assurance for you and I that if Jesus was able to know where the cult was in, a, in the next town over and how they would find it, that they just wouldn't find it roaming the street and waiting, but he said, you're going to go to the town next and you're going to find a cult and it's going to be tied up, then it needs to be a reminder to you and I that and he also knows where you are. Amen. Tell your neighbor he knows. Amen. Hallelujah. That's exciting. He knows. He knows. He knows where you are. See, it helps me. This should be something to be able to help you and I, to help you and I deal with the hell of life because he knows where I am. It should help you to be able to get through and wake up and, 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 and get up and, and take on another day that even though you may feel alone, he knows. Amen. Even, even if you may feel like uh, he, 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 somebody else has walked away, he knows. Even when people walk away from you, he knows where you are. Amen. No matter what it is that we're going through, he knows where you are because he knew where the cult was. Amen. That's why the Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He is with you. And Jesus even said, lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Because even if I know where the cult is, I've got to know where you are. Somebody better start thanking God that he knows where you are in this place. You're not alone. Amen. He'll be with you through the rivers. He'll be with you through the waters. He'll be with you through the fire that you won't even be burned, Isaiah says. Thank you, Lord. He knows where you are. Hallelujah. Praise God. It could make me excited. He knows where I am. He knows where our nation is. He knows where our city is. He, he knows what, what situation our family's in. He knows what we're in lack of right now. He knows what, how we've been betrayed and bruised and, and battered and all those things. He knows where we are. Hallelujah. Even if he's, he hasn't fixed it yet, he knows. Amen. Even if he hasn't shown up on the scene, he knows where you are. In other words, he will arrive when the time is right. He knows. Amen. Hallelujah. He knows. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, that you know. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knows. Jesus. He knows. Glory to God. That's for somebody today. Let me just tarry there. We're going to move on. He knows where I am. He knows where I am. Hallelujah. Someone, you just need to receive that in your spirit right now. Own that for yourself. You've wondered. You don't need nobody else in your life to validate you. He knows where you are. My God. 
Stop, uh, stop expecting someone, here it is, stop expecting someone else to validate you and make you feel special. He knows where you are. When you, can, when you can just be confident in who you are and whose you are, right there by the word, no man is ever going to be able to do that for you. No woman is ever going to be able to do that for you. Are you hearing me? He knows where you are. You need to walk in the confidence of knowing that God knows and he has you in the palm of his hand. It might not be comfortable right now, but it wasn't for Jesus either. Jesus was in agony, but he knew where Jesus was. Amen. Even Jesus, while he was in the midst of heading toward the cross, he knew where the colt was. In other words, there will be difficult times. Trouble will come. But you've heard me say trouble is always an incubator for greatness. Hang on, because he knows where you are. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. It makes me be able to say Hosanna. I'll praise you in an advance. I'll give you a prophetic praise because you know where I am. Hallelujah. He knows where I am. Thank you, Jesus. What's interesting about the text, no one had ever sat on a colt. No one had ever sat on this coat. Now, in the Old Testament, we'll find uh, there are times where they would sit on a coat, but it was only used for the inauguration of a king. But this coat, remember in the text, it said that this coat had never been sat upon. Hallelujah. In other words, that cult had never, had not yet found its purpose. That cult had been wandering around tied to the post. Jesus said you'll find it tied up. Tied up to what? A post. This cult up to this point had lived unaware that God had a plan for him. Up to this point, there are even people that did not realize that God had a plan for them. There were even people that were in Jesus' inner circle that had not yet realized that, that God had a greater, and a greater plan for them. But specifically, let's just focus there for a moment on this coat. This coat was living all of his life wandering around, circling a post, wallowing in the same area and the same stuff, the same circumstance, never thinking that his life would ever change from that right there that it never had any purpose beyond that. Hallelujah. But a word was going to come forth, and a transaction was going to occur that we see in the text that we cannot minimize. That, 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 that cult could have been stuck where he was right now, but it was only a matter of time. He didn't know it yet, but in an only a matter of time, his condition would change. That, that you and I could be weeping right now, but it's only a matter of time. That's what today is all about. As we, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, today is a day that, that whatever our conditions are right now, it's only a matter of time. What God is wanting to reveal to you and I is that there is purpose, that there is a plan, that he does indeed have a strategy, and that he does indeed know where you are. That's what we can see immediately from the text and him knowing all about this cult and where it is and that it would be found tied up. Are you hearing me? Thank you, Jesus. 
I love this text. I, lo- I love it so much that, 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 that Jesus knew where the coal was. And Jesus even said, if anyone tries to stop you, tell them that the Lord or the master has need of me, of him. In other words, thank you, Lord, that he knows right where you are. Turn this around for yourself. That, that our mighty God in heaven knows right where you are and that he also has need of you. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Somebody better wake up today. Listen, he knows right where you are, and he has need of you. Hallelujah. Would you look at your neighbor and tell him, I need you to declare this over them. The Lord has need of you. If you don't have anyone, and if you don't have anyone near you, say it to yourself. The Lord has need of you. Yes, he does. The Lord has need of you. Thank you, Jesus. So the Bible says, Jesus said here, he said, you'll find a colt tied up, untie him and bring it to me. And if anyone tries to stop you, tell him the Lord has need of it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's so much goodness in this text that I'll never be able to give it all to you all in one sitting, but there's so much goodness. I love this so much because it lets me know that God doesn't just use loose people. In other words, it just doesn't let me, it lets me know that God doesn't just use people who are already free. In other words, while the religious church always puts rules and regulations on people, saying you got to look like this and you got to act like this and you got to dress like that and you shouldn't act that way. Uh, no, 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 no. Jesus just demolished that right here. He said, I, he said, I, I, I can use someone who's all tied up. I'll show you some more here in a moment. In other words, you might not be perfect yet. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody who's not perfect in this place? Hallelujah. I'm still rough around the edges. You still put me in a corner. I can scream and yell and let some things fly. Are you hearing me? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Amen. We used to sing those songs as a kid, but once we graduate from like Sunday school and get through youth and we start warming the chairs of our church, suddenly all the prude, prudish, miserable people who've been in church all their life, oh, you can't do that. Don't be like that. Bless God. See, that, that's, that's your law. That's not, the, that's not what Jesus preached. Jesus was saying right here, he said, I'm coming for those that are bound. That's what he was saying on the day of triumphal entry. He said, I'm coming for every person that's bound. Now, he, in other words, he's saying, you can follow me and you might still be bound for a little while. How many of you know that sometimes we serve Jesus, but we're still bound? Oh, come on. Let's not act like we're, not, we're, not, we're all set free. Some of us still got some things hanging on. I did, a, I did a message illustration once upstairs above the offices. I keep all of my message illustration stuff from axes and hammers. And we've kicked doors in. How many remember that message? Glory to God. I mean, I framed a door. We kicked that out to break through. We've done all kinds of crazy things. But I did a message. And the whole time I preached, I did it in balls and chains. Because it was a visual for the body of Christ to see we can worship him and yet oftentimes not be free. Uh-huh. And, and yet we like, many in the body of Christ, the church, the religious church, would like to say, well, then you don't know Jesus. 
Jesus said, no, I'm going to use something that is bound right now. I have a plan for it. Are you hearing me? He, he said, you're going to go find a cold. It's going to be tied up. He said, I want you to untie it. Watch that. And bring it to me. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In other words, you might be all tied up right here this morning, but he has need of you. See, some of you need to just tell the devil right now, I may still be bound in some areas, but the Lord has need of me. I might not fully be free yet, but the Lord has need of me. Amen. Every lie the devil's been trying to put in your mind, I might not be totally free yet, but the Lord has need of me. Hallelujah, somebody. Hosanna. Hosanna. Glory, glory. That's why I always say every person that tries to remind you of who you used to be and bring up everything you've ever done, look at them and call them a devil because only a devil will remind you of those things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're going to have all of you leaving church, going out, calling people devils. I mean, you're going to sit down at Easter dinner and they're going to bring up something and you're going to go, you're a devil. Now, use wisdom. You might not want to do that to just anybody. I've learned to do it just spiritually. You devil in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. You know, when people say stuff on Facebook, sometimes I'll want to just. Mm. But I don't comment. I just say you're a devil. And I don't post it. Hallelujah. That's what I'm trying to say. You need to address it and deal with it. In the sp- I'm on somebody. I had a preacher friend yesterday start a hornet's nest on Facebook, and he texted me and said, will you please comment? I said no. No, I have no desire to get in the midst and, and help put water on your fight. Glory to God. You started it. You need to finish it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm not interested in no backroom deal. Hallelujah. I'm not going to conspire to help you get your point across. Come on. That's what it is. That's not truth. That's deceit. Glory to God. So when people start bringing up stuff, call them a devil. Hallelujah. Remind the devil, the Lord has need of me. My God, if some of you will get a hold of this, you'll get free today. I promise you on this Palm Sunday, you're going to understand that God still can use you. He still has a plan. What you did, the mistakes you made, it didn't abort your destiny. Hallelujah. He still has a plan. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord has need of him. In other words, he says, if anyone tries to stop you, tell him the Lord has need of you. In other words, you don't need to fight your battles in your name. You need to fight your battles in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why he said, if anyone tries to stop you, tell him the Lord has need of him. You and I have got to fight our battles in his name and not our own name. Hallelujah. Know what it is you need to do and let the rest go. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, because when God gets ready to pull you out of something, there's not a devil in hell. No one can stop what God wants to do. Recognize that about the text. Glory to God. Go ahead. Are you hearing me? See, we, we read this and we teach our Sunday school kids, and the anointing of God should fall in every Sunday school class when they teach this to help little children understand what it means for them. That God has a plan and a purpose for them. 
it don't matter where they're at. It doesn't matter what kind of hell they're living in. It doesn't matter how bad mom and dad fight. It doesn't matter how bad they've been abused or misused or any of those things. It should let them know from child up, even to you and I as an adult, that God has a plan for you and I. Listen, when God gets ready to pull you and I out, there's not a devil in hell. There's not a person on this earth. There's not a witch or a warlock. There's not anybody. There's no disease that can stop what God wants to do. That's what he's telling us through the day of the triumphal entry. Nothing can stop what God wants to do. Hallelujah. See, we, we've deduced this to some cute little story of Jesus riding in on a donkey. He was prophetically declaring, when I come and get ready to come get you. See, he was enacting before the cross what he would be able to do on the cross. Are you seeing what I'm saying? He goes to the cross, dies for our sins so that we don't have to, right? He's giving a demonstration with the donkey, riding into the city, making a declaration of war, you know, like Putin did, right? All the things that are going on, like we've done to countless countries around the globe. We, the president comes out and makes a declaration of war, right? This was Jesus saying, uh-huh, I'm declaring war against the Roman Empire, against everyone who wants to disbelieve what I'm here for. And so Jesus was saying, hey, when I get ready to come get you, there's nobody, no thing and no devil in hell can stop what I'm about to do. See, that's why you need to hang on and trust God. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how lonely it gets. I don't care all the hell we've been through when God gets ready to come get you. There's not a devil in hell that can stop you, can stop what God wants to accomplish and do in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Shout Hosanna, somebody. Hosanna. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whew. My God. Whew. There's even examples of this in the Old Testament. I, I don't have time to go there, but there's examples of this very thing even in the Old Testament. I, I can't help but think of uh, when they went to Lodabar to get the man who had his broken legs. They went and they pick him up. See, there's parallels of everything that we see all through Scripture of the Messiah going to come. And that when he wants to come get you and when it's time to come rescue you, there's nothing that can stop what God wants to do in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Up to this point. Remember, Jesus said, I want you to go into the next village. You're going to find a colt that's never been saddled. It's going to be all tied up. I don't want you to go and untie it and bring it to me. I keep running over this because I need you to get this in your spirit. And if anyone tries to stop you, tell them. The Lord, the master, has need of him. See, what you need to understand about today and what was true about the colt is true about you. The colt didn't know that his isolation is really his reservation. Oh, my God. Are you hearing me? Some of you have been isolated, felt lonely. Sometimes I feel like life just isn't working. Some of us in this room, we've tried to get free and we can't get free. 
We tried to move forward only to have three steps back. But see, it was your isolation that really was your reservation. For what? A day like today. The beginning of Holy Week, Jesus was making a declaration, a prophetic declaration for your life. Letting you know that your, your reservation has really been your, your isolation has really been your reservation. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, he reserved it a day like this just for you. Hallelujah. In other words, it's all been a setup for a divine revelation. Thank you, Jesus. A divine revelation. Sometimes we feel like we've been overlooked and looked over, but really we're just reserved. My God. I went to a restaurant last night. It was, the place was, I don't know. It was packed. I didn't have a reservation, but somebody thought I did. When we got in and sat down, I said, that's just a favor of God. We walked in and that restaurant was packed and they were in the outer way and in the inner way. Every couch and booth was sitting. They said, I mean, the, everywhere you could possibly wait was wait. I went up the counter and all I said was, how long is the wait? The man said, oh, it's a little over an hour. He picks up menus and he says, right this way. I looked around. This is no joke. I looked around. These people were like, I didn't do a call ahead. I didn't do any of those things. And I thought of this text. How many of you have ever got a reservation and you did a call ahead and everyone else standing around waiting and they're looking at you like, who do you think you are? We have a running joke in my family. Whenever we go anywhere, anything like that, you know, about, oh, that's probably because they just seen us on TV. It's like a running joke, you know. But I walked in there without thinking anything of the sort, without them knowing, they didn't address me by name. They just sat me down. Because you and I need to understand that above all else, God has a reservation for you and I that'll cause you to have to pass by things that others won't be waiting on. I God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what this day is all about. Jesus is saying. What you started this day with being taught. You, you woke up being tied and being bound, but this is really a day of, for me to begin uh, the message of liberation and freedom, of what the cross will really do. And so what was and seemed like isolation is really just reservation. God has this day reserved for you. This is your day of reservation, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. See, Jesus knew where the cult was and that there would be opposition. That's why Jesus said, if anyone tries to stop you, Jesus knows before he ever even got to the cross, he knew that there would be opposition for you and I to even get free of where we are right now. So he said, I need, you, I need to give you a word that you can speak over yourself and you can speak over your children and you can lay hands and speak over other people. The Lord has need of you. In other words, it's Jesus saying, you're gonna call those things that are not as though they are. You're gonna call this out. Jesus was calling that cult free before they ever even found the cult. Are you hearing me? That's why you and I have to understand the power of our word. And when these two disciples showed up and found the cult, they did exactly what Jesus said. 
Exactly. My God. They found it, untied it, and the owner said, what are you doing trying to steal my car? That's what it was. I liken this story to like you going out and trying to get in your car and someone comes up to you trying to get, you know, as you get in your car and say, no, no, uh, the, the Lord has need of this. I mean, think about that. You go out to get in your car and someone walks up to you and, and they ask, can I have your keys? And you say, and you look at them and say, for what? And they, and they say, because the master has need of it. That's what the donkey was for the day. A mode of transportation. And someone wants to take your Escalade? I mean, all I got is a Ford. Will you try to take my Ford? Are you hearing me? Are you trying to take the vehicle that I have to make a payment on? Uh-huh. If the Lord has need of it, the Lord can pay the payment too. Hallelujah. But see, there was no opposition. Jesus knew there would be a little opposition that someone would ask a question. But really, Jesus also knew that once they said, the master has need of it. That who was the owner would relinquish the right of ownership and give it over. Recognize when you and I are about to be free, there will always be opposition. That's why Jesus said, if anyone tries to stop you, tell them the Lord has need of him. What I've learned is opposition is the indicator of a change in position. Stop cursing the opposition in your life. And that's why you, that's the moment you need to begin to say, Hosanna, Hosanna. Lord, I'm going to give you praise. I'm not just going to give you a, a praise of hallelujah for what you've done. But I'm going to give a praise of Hosanna for what you're about to do. My position is about to change. Where I am is not where I'm going to stay. Hallelujah. I'm about to have a change of address. Some of you need to understand that's what he's saying on this day. You're about to have a change of address. Not just physically, but I'm talking spiritually. What you've been bound by, what you've been struggling and being in the midst of, he's saying, I'm about to give you an address change. Hallelujah. An address change from the heavens is about to be released in this place. Glory to God. Now, Jesus help me. There, there, there's some theological things that we, Jesus. Father, just help me to give only what I need to give right now. Being a, such a student of the word, I had to write a thesis paper about several things when I finished my degree. One of them comes out of this chapter. And one of the instructors, they don't always know all, tried to argue that in the text, in the text that the disciples would have taken a lamb with them. And they try to argue this. Watch this. This is what he told me. And then I'll give you the truth of what I see. That's the problem when we try to put things in the word. It's not really there. The theological problem is, is the, in the book of Exodus, it says that whenever a cult, whenever a cult has never been sat on, in the book of Exodus, it says that you have to give a lamb 
in order to redeem it from the owner. Now watch this. My professor said, because the book of Exodus says that the disciples would have taken a lamb. No, no, hey moron, no, don't you see? I'm serious, I, I was like, are you for real right now? Because Exodus said it, you're not understanding what the New Testament is all about. I, I wanted to jump up and scream and now, so in my thesis, I basically said, no, you're a liar. Here's what it is, is that the disciples did not carry a lamb because Jesus didn't tell them to, number one. And secondly, the disciples didn't carry a lamb to redeem the colt because Jesus is the lamb. Are you hearing me? My God! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, I've learned that where the Bible is silent, we should be silent. Uh-huh. In other words, we can't try to muster up a word for something. If, there's, if the Bible is silent, I'm going to stay silent. And so the Bible is silent about what they did. I'm going to stay silent and go with what I know. And what I know is that Jesus is the lamb. Amen. So, so Jesus didn't have to send the lamb because he was the lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so as they redeemed him, the colt, as they redeemed the colt, I kind of see this as a conversation happening. The, 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 the disciples show up and there's a conversation now happening. And it's almost as if the colt could speak. The colt would look over at who was his owner and, and say, you don't own me anymore. I've been redeemed. Because with the minute they showed up and untied the coat and they said, the master has need of him. Oh, somebody needs to begin to see something that's transpiring. That Jesus was saying, this is what I'm going to do for you when I go to the cross. In other words, Jesus is trying to let you and I know what, what used to own you doesn't own you anymore. Are you hearing me? What used to own you doesn't own you anymore. Hallelujah. The master has need of you. My God, that's so good. I love it. Hallelujah. The master has need of you. What used to own me? That's why I have a problem. Stop calling yourself what you used to be. Oh, my God. Stop. I, you were a thief. You're not a thief. Hallelujah. You were an addict. You're not an addict. You were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You were a liar, but you're not a liar. Jesus, help me. The cult had to be redeemed. And the coat had to be released. That's what Jesus said. You got to release the coat. You got to redeem the coat. That, that coat wasn't just owned by somebody else, but it was tied up. You know what I heard the Lord say? He said, make sure you tell the people. He said, make sure you tell the people that, that I cannot release them until I redeem them. But if I redeem them, then I've got to release them. Did you just catch what I just said? That if God, if he desires to release you, then he has to redeem you. And if he redeems you, then he's absolutely going to re re release you. In other words, he's saying, when I have need of you and you'll allow yourself to be used of me, 
I, it's not enough that I just redeem you. I have to release you. Release you from everything that you're tied to. Are you hearing me? This is your day to be free. This is your and I's day to stop carrying around and dealing with the same old battles and the same old struggles that we've been dealing with. Oh, God, help somebody. Let, let me prove it to you in another way. The Bible says that Jesus, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, Jesus finally shows up four days late. And they thought it was over and even there was a foul stench coming from where he was buried. And Jesus says, take away the tomb. And he speaks and he says, Lazarus, this is why I love the word. If you're a student of the word, you'll see the secrets of the word all over. He says to the, the, to the tomb, he speaks to it. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that Lazarus comes forth. Jesus, right there in that moment, Jesus redeemed him. Now watch this. And then Jesus said to the people, now take off his grave clothes. Because if I redeem you, I've got to release you. My God, are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me throw it out to another way because I just heard the Lord say this. In that same manner, the same God that redeemed you is willing to release you. God's saying, the people that rise against you, he redeemed them. And when Jesus said to the people in the crowd to really take the grave clothes off of Lazarus and let him go, God is speaking to people in this place today that you would release some people. That you've tried to keep them wrapped up in their grave clothes. You've tried to keep them wrapped up in who they used to be. but you don't own them anymore. If you're going to receive that word for yourself, then you had better receive that word and let go of some people and some things today because the same God that redeemed you and released you is redeeming other people, but he needs you to release them. Hallelujah, my God, that'll preach all on its own, but we won't go there. Thank you, Jesus. Let him go, let him go, let him go. Jesus said, Jesus said, loose the colt, let him go. In other words, that colt began to look over at his old owner and that colt said, you, you can't tie me up anymore because you don't own me anymore because the master has need of me. See, when you are tied, like when you and I are tied, like the colt is tied, the colt is trotting around. We, I grew up on a farm, you know, and so all of our animals, when we kept them locked up, they would, you know, yeah, I'm a country bumpkin. And we, they would, they would, they would wallow around in the same mess. They're same mess, same place, never knowing their purpose. But when you started to release them into the orchards, into the fields, and to do what they do, they would start identifying their purpose. But up until that point, they'd been walling around, trotting around in their own mess, not fully understanding. When you and I are doing that, trotting around, dealing with the same stuff over and over again. But what this word, what God is wanting to get through to you and I today, what he is speaking to you and I in this place is that you and I need to kiss the post goodbye. You're not tied to it anymore. It doesn't own you anymore. That's what he was saying. He was giving the message of the cross before the cross. It doesn't own you anymore. Kiss the post goodbye. The Lord has commanded a release in your life, somebody. He's commanded a release in your life. That's why I said first thing when I started that this word, I titled it, I command a release. Not me, 
he has. Jesus has commanded a release in your life. The moment you got saved, it don't own you no more. Problem is we've been carrying some stuff, struggling with some stuff. We're still bound. We're still dealing with stuff. We're, we're saved, but we're not yet totally free. Even though we opened the service with that song, Freedom. You know how I know we're not free? Because real free people would have been jumping, dancing, come on, shouting, screaming. I mean, you know, sometimes we march around here. If we're totally free, you'll be demonstrating what free looks like. Oh, hallelujah. I'm free and I know that I am. Free and I know that I am. Jesus. See, I can't stay where I am. I, I can't live like I have been. The Lord told me that today we need to command a release in your life. A release in your life. That's what today is about. Palm Sunday is about Jesus saying, I am going to demonstrate before the cross what I will accomplish on the cross. And I'm going to command a release in the, in the lives of people. See, this is why you and I have got to give God praise. How awesome and eloquently and strategically God set up all the entire plan of salvation and what he wants to accomplish in our lives. Glory to God. What used to hold us doesn't hold us anymore. What used to bind us doesn't bind us anymore because I command a release. God commanded a release over your life. Today, we just command a release over your life. Would somebody say that with me? Say, I command a release right now. Now say it one more time. I command a release right now. Hallelujah. Say, in other words, get out of depression. Get out of fear. Get out of the sin. Get out of the things that are holding on to you. Amen. And, and command a release in the name of Jesus. Now, there's something else that's awesome about the text. Notice as soon as Jesus sends the disciples and they release and they redeem the coat. They bring the coat to Jesus. Notice that the cult could not just go free on its own. See, a lot of times we like to interpret the fact that when Jesus saves and sets us free, we get to do our own thing. No, in fact, the Bible says that the Jesus, when they brought the cult to him, that Jesus sat on the cult. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. He sat on on the coat. Thank you, Jesus. Because Jesus, does, he don't just release you for you and I to do our own thing. Oh, hallelujah. He sat on him. Jerusalem was full of people and here comes Jesus riding on a coat. Riding in on a coat. The coat that the Lord had need of. The coat that he needed so he could make his triumphal entry, making a declaration of war because according to the Old Testament, he had to come riding in on one that had never been ridden before to be declared king, to be declared a king. Oh God, help me. Thank you, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. The previous owner didn't have any need for him anymore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Your release has been commanded in this place. I, 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 I want to make just one final point. There, there's some stuff about him sitting on the coat. But I, I, want to, I want to stop right here. 
in life, I've been to court a few times. For various things, sometimes speaking on people's behalf, sometimes getting people out of trouble or maybe getting myself out of trouble, you know. But anybody who's ever been in a courtroom or watched Judge Judy, you know that when the audience is sitting, the minute that the bailiff opens the door for the judge to enter, what does he say? All rise for the honorable judge. Everybody rises, but the moment that the judge sits down, court is in session. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. The moment that the judge sits down, everybody knows, be quiet. Court has begun. Court is in session. My point is, throughout Scripture, whenever you see Jesus sit down, it's a sign that court is in session. Oh, you want some proof? Sure, I, I can give you just a few, but 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 I mean I could go from the beginning clear through the, to the end of Revelation, and I can show you proof. What, what I'm trying to get to is for every one of us in this place that's been under attack, and it looked like the enemy was going to win. The Lord wants me to remind you that He just sat down on your situation. That's what today is about. Court is in session. He's, he'll sit down on your finances. He'll sit down on our health. He'll sit down on whatever is dealing with us. He'll sit down on our medical report. Here, let me, let me show you the proof. The Bible says that, 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 that God, that he sits on the circle of the earth. The Bible says that the, that the, that the, that the, that the heaven is his throne and that the earth is his footstool. He sits. The Bible says that anytime, that, 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 what I've learned is that anytime God sits on something, something is about to happen. I, I'll prove it. He, he, the Bible says that he sat down on the earth and separated the firmaments. Something happened. The Bible says that Jesus sat down at the Mount of Olives and taught the Beatitudes. Something happened. Oh, we could go on and on and on and on. Jesus sat down on the colt and he entered into Jerusalem being declared King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Are you starting to follow where I'm going? And then the Bible says, even in the book of Acts, it says that, that, that yes, he sat down again. It says in the book of Acts when they were all in one place, in one mind, in one accord, that the Holy Spirit sat. I might have to teach on this one day. So you don't, don't look at me like I've lost my mind. That he, it, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended and it sat on each of their heads as a flame of fire. Something happened, my God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when the judge comes in the room and he begins to sit down, he's trying to make a ruling on your behalf is my point that where you've been what evidence you and I can present I preach that about the evidence you and I have to bring forth the evidence when I come into his presence like this my job and praise and worship is to present the evidence so that the judge can make a ruling 
Are you hearing me? He has come into this place and sat down so that he can make a ruling. In other words, our prayer needs to be, Lord, just sit on me. Lord, come sit in this place. In other words, because it means he'll do something. When I said earlier, if you sense the presence of God, give God some praise in this place. He inhabits so that he can do something. We don't worship God just because of what he has done. We worship God for what he is about to do too. So come sit on us, Lord. Come sit in this place, God. Come sit on me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My God, so that just like when Jesus sat on the coat, we need to just say, Lord, come sit on me. God, come sit in this place. What am I saying in a nutshell? That you and I need to get ready, that you and I need to hold on because you are about to begin the ride of your life because Jesus just sat down on your circumstances. Are you hearing me? Jesus is sitting down on your circumstances. Oh God, you, you, you walked in this morning, you were all tied up, you were forgotten, you were overlooked, you've been passed by, but this is your moment. Jesus just sat down. Would you stand to your feet in this room this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He just sat down. Oh, let, let's just do that like, like court is in session. All rise. Oh my God, for the honorable. King Jesus. Oh, Lord. All rise for the honorable King Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, in a moment, the Lord is going to demonstrate that he has need of you by untying you, releasing you, and then your redemption comes. When we walk away from where we are, we surrender to the King that has need of you. My God, I sense the presence of the Lord. A lot of people celebrate and see this week of Holy Week. You see that Palm Sunday, the beginning of it, but they see Good Friday. As the end. But see what the day of crucifixion really is. See, this is the problem with how often we see how God's working. Is that God the day of crucifixion and the day when they hung Jesus high and stretched him wide to die for you and I that wasn't the end it was a pause or it was an interruption we could call see the day that he died on the cross was not the end There was a party that started. That's what our text is about. They were celebrating and worshiping him, shouting Hosanna. And they finished out the week saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the earth. See, the people on earth was saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. But when Jesus died on the cross, 
hung high and stretched wide. The heavens were singing. Worthy is the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the earth. Meaning this was part of the plan and a part of the destiny from the beginning. So that his will could be done in heaven. Jesus had to endure the cross, but the cross wasn't an end. The cross was just an interruption in the celebration that God had preordained. In other words, you and I often, 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 often interpret the issues and the crosses in our life as an ending. When it's just an interruption. Because the Bible says that just three days later, that interruption was not an ending. Jesus proved it was simply just an interruption. And the Bible says that he rose from the dead. Amen. In other words, you and I have to stop seeing our obstacles and opposition as endings. It's just an interruption. That God is not done yet. Hallelujah. That today he came to command a release in your life. Today he came to declare over you that what you've, what you've been worried about was just an interruption in the process of the promise of God. That he came to declare and decree over you a release in your life. And if you'll just receive it like the coat did, I receive the release, I receive the redeeming of it. He will free you from what has been binding you and kept you bound and hindered in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to close just simply like this. We stood in this room. The judge has entered the room. King Jesus is present. Through the word they've, through the word I, I believe that he's already untied you. Like the coat. Because that's what the word does. It, it goes to work. And the Bible says that his word will not return to him void. In other words, it's not going to come back to him not accomplished, not fulfilled. So while we've been preaching, you've been untied. But I wonder, now that you're untied, will you allow yourself not to be owned by what you used to be? And if you'll allow your ownership to transition because the master has need of you. If that's you this morning and you've been tied to something, I don't care what it was, tied to something from your past, tied to something from where you've been, allowing other people and things and people to, to, to uh, allow you to remind you of your history instead of what your destiny is, I want you to come and join me in this place and we're going to pray because the Master has need of you in this place right now. Glory to God. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. The master has need of you. The master has need of you. The Lord has need of you in this place. The Lord has need of you in this place. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly. Now, now as you come, just start receiving this word that you've been untied. You've been untethered from the post. You've been untethered from the post. Hallelujah. You've been walking around in circles, living life, 
Glory to God, wallowing in the same old stuff, going through the same situations. But those old financial troubles are over. Those old relationship issues are over. The names that they used to call you, they're not going to call you anymore. Hallelujah. That the issues and problems and circumstances that that you've had, you won't have anymore because he has released you. And because he's released you, he has to redeem you. And if he redeems you, he has to release you. My God, my God, my God, my God. He is in this place right now. He is in this place right now. Mighty God, mighty, mighty, mighty God, mighty God. I'm just going to decree and declare over you today as you're standing in the front of this place the release that he commanded for that for that coat. I'm going to command it over you. He commanded a release. He said, when you go, it's almost as if God was saying, hey, as you preach this word and you bring this word, you're going to find some people that are tied up to suppose. But as you preach all in time, the Holy Ghost will move among them and untie their feet and unbound them from the shackles. Somebody here and receive the word and unbind their hands and unbind their minds and unbind them from everything that has been afflicting and hindering them and harming them and keeping them from destiny. And as I untie them, if you'll bring the word of redemption, I'll redeem them. And their ownership will change. See, up until this point, some of us in the front of this place, you have been, you've been trying to carry two names. Some of you have been trying to be his. And you've been trying to be known from where you came from. And God says, no, I, 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 I want you to be all to myself. And so that's what this is. Today we, command a re- uh, we, could, today we command a release over your life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So let me pray for you right now in this place. The presence and the glory of God is in this place. And if you will receive it, and you will receive this word to be your own, I'm telling you, you will leave different. That you came this morning because this word is for you. The Lord had need of you. He had need of you. He had need of you. Own it for yourself right now. The Lord has need of you. Oh, he has need of you. He's calling you out by name today. The Lord has need of you. He has need of you. And remember what I said. If the Lord has need of you, there's no devil in hell. There's no witch. There's no warlock. There's no demonic influence. There's no soul tie. There's nothing that the enemy has done that can keep you bound when the Lord has need of you. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in other words, while you stand here, let me tell you something. While you stand here and what right before we pray, you need to understand there's not even a discussion in the spirit realm happening right now because we just spoke the word over you. The Lord has need of you. The devil has already let go and backed up because you have, he, the Lord has commanded your release. It's been commanded. It's been commanded. Your release has already been, the sentence has already gone forth. The devil has already left go. All you have to be willing to do right now is say, sit on me, Jesus. 
Oh, sit on me, Jesus. Sit on me, Jesus. Come on me, Jesus. Oh, my God. My God, my God, my God. So, Father, I pray right now in this place in the name of Jesus. Grab the hand or touch the shoulder of someone near you. Up front here. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Touch someone near you. Touch someone near you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sit on me, Jesus. Sit on me, Jesus. See, the the power of agreement, the power of agreement, that's what that is right there. He can't touch one of you without touching all of you now. See? Oh, yeah. The power of agreement. So when one says sit on me, whether you want him to or not, he's going to sit on you. Ah, yes. Hallelujah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that, Lord, you've released them. And now, God, you're redeeming them. I thank you, Father, that now we just thank you that you're commanded. We, we, we command, Lord, them to be released. We command that, Father, that they are redeemed today even. And, Father, I pray that, Lord, you would come now and that, Father, you would just sit on Sit on, take ownership right now in the name of Jesus of these vessels that have been complexed and bound and hindered and and, 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 and ostracized and overlooked and forgotten. But Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you will make your presence known and you are going to ride them through what, Lord, the interruption was. Lord, you, you didn't just ride that colt to the cross, but Lord, you rode it through the cross. Even, even you rode it, God, because there is victory coming. There is success coming for your people. That's what today is all about, victory and success. So Father, I praise you. God, I glorify you. God, I honor you. I thank you that Lord, because you've released me, you have to redeem me. And God, if you redeem me, you have to release me. I thank you, Father, that as we leave this place today, Oh, God, we leave free. We leave free. Totally free. Free indeed. Hallelujah. Owned by you. Fully surrendered to you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, Father, just sit on us. Sit on us in this place. Sit now. Just make your presence be made known. That, God, when we leave this place, sit on us in our car. Sit on us in the workplace. Sit on us in our marriage. Sit on our finances. Sit on our, 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 our health problems. Sit on our, our, our families, God. Sit on our children, oh God. Sit on every area that, God, that we've been afflicted and affected and been bound. Sit on me, Jesus. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Woo, Jesus. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So, Lord, we can just say Hosanna today. Victory and success is ours. Sit on us, Lord. Victory and success. We just give a praise in advance for victory and success. We just say Hosanna over our life. We say Hosanna, God. 
over every area and everything, God. We just say Hosanna, God, over our families and our finances. We say Hosanna over our health and our finances. We say Hosanna over our city and over our county. Father, we say Hosanna over every area that we've been hindered and restricted. Now in the name of Jesus, we command a release over our city. We command a release over our county. We command a release over our families. We command a release, God, right now over everything that's been hindered and held up in the name of Jesus. And we just decree and declare your word to be true today. Deliver now. Save now. Heal now, my God, in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we'll give you praise. Lord, we'll give you glory. My God, we'll give you honor. Oh, my God, my God. He's sitting on you right now. He's sitting on you right now. If you'll just take 15 seconds to give him praise, I'm telling you, just let him finish what he started. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God, my God. Now, now, I got to remind you that every time you get a whisper in your ear or the enemy uses someone to remind you who you were, all of those things, you need to keep the title of this message in your mouth. I command a release. Because if he releases you, he has to redeem. You need to remind the devil every day you've been released and you've been redeemed. Don't call me by my old name. Call me by my new name. Hallelujah. And maybe in the face of adversity, when, 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 when opposition really comes, you just need to say, sit on me, Jesus. Sit on me, Jesus. I know that might sound crazy, but I'm telling you, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people, which means to sit. And so when he sits, something happens. Sit on me, Jesus. Sit on me, Jesus. Some of you got some fire in your mouth now. Fire. You got, I gave you some ammo today. I gave you some ammo today to do war with the devil. He is a liar. The father of every lie. Get thee behind us, Satan. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. Somebody's fixing to have a brand new day. You're going to never see Palm Sunday the same again. Oh my, you're going to go into other services for Palm Sunday and think, man, this is awful. Amen. Sometimes I just want to say, well, preacher, will you sit down and let me really preach that to you? Glory to God. This is what it is really about. It was the message of the cross before the cross. It was the message of the cross before the cross. Before he even gave his life. Jesus. My God. Woo! Jesus. Jesus. 
I'm not going to keep it. We're going to bless our tithe and offering for the folks online in this place. You'll have to go to your seats and get it in a moment. But just stay right there so we can bless it. Mom's going to come. And she's going to pray and bless it. <sighs> Multiply it. This is the most important time. Let's not, let's not count this lightly. Last week I gave a little testimony about being a cheerful giver. About sowing seed. We were talking about it at lunch. At my table anyway. About the, the, something they were shocked that I gave someone. I said, well, I'm a giver. It's because I'm willing to give. God blesses. Gives back. It's because our church is a giving church. He blesses us. And so I just want us to pray today and release to you. favor same favor that was on me when I walk into a restaurant and pass everybody by I know that sounds crazy same favor that causes people to give sacrificially from Florida and Texas and California just because of Roku because of TV I want to pray that kind of favor in your life your job's going to start seeing you as more valuable than you are. Oh, see, you better believe it because I commanded a release. That's the word. Whew. It's going to come back to you a hundred times what you sow in this place in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you, Lord, today, your power, your spirit. God, thank you for showing up and showing off, God, in our lives. Lord, this week, I want everybody here to walk with their head held high, their hands ready to praise you at all times, and let people see the difference that you've made in their life because you've set on their heads today. God Almighty, we love you today. We thank you for all things. And God, we asked you in Jesus' name to bless the offering today. We ask for your, your bountiful blessings to come down upon it, Lord. We pray that everybody will open their wallets and give and give and give so it will come back tenfold to them. Father, we love you. We praise you today for what you're going to do. Father, I pray that you'll be with us this week. It's such a busy week for the church. We have something going on every day, God. And we just pray for safety, guidance, and we pray for it all to be done for your glory because you are the great I am. You are Hosanna. And Father, we love you. We praise you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen.